Welcome everybody back to Friar Talk. Today, we just want to bring a couple announcements. So we're actually going to be turning the show into a daily show. Right now, we were almost daily, but we're going to have a segment out hopefully every morning about nine o'clock, uh, depending on what the last series was, because last night, Red Series, it ends pretty late. So we ended up recording this morning. So like for these kind of series, it might be later on in the afternoon that we'll post whatever the segment is. But most of the time, we're going to be trying to post stuff in the morning. And then on top of that, we are going to be bringing some apparel soon, um, and that'll probably be in the next couple of weeks. Uh, that'll just go back into the show, buy better mics, kind of improve everything that way. Um, and then final thing, we are going to be doing live streams as kind of the preview segment from now on. So we'll start today. We'll actually have a live stream today at 2.30, um, and then we'll also be posting a recap in probably like an hour or so. But just wanted to get that out there really quick and just let everyone know kind of what we're doing. Today, we're going to be recapping the Red Series. Overall, I thought this was a really fun series. A lot of base runners. Padres left a lot of guys on base. So did the Reds. Uh, the series ended in kind of a sour note with the uh, Jerkson Profar draw ball in the ninth inning. But it, it was a little bit frustrating for him because everyone's kind of seen how he's been struggling at the plate. And then yesterday he has two doubles and then the gate wins with that. But overall, solid series. The Reds are, I think they're a pretty underrated team. But you have Winker and you, you, have, you know they have a couple big bats. So I think that leaving the series with a win on the road, I liked it. But Chase, what are just your overall thoughts on this series? Uh, we did good. The bats are still alive compared to as they were earlier in the season. That's always good to see. Uh, you can say like some things were mishandled. I don't know why Fam didn't start that last game. I really don't like Profar in the outfield because we've seen him in the outfield. He'll either make a really great play or you look at him and you're like, why are we still playing you in the outfield? And we saw that yesterday to end off the game, and that really put a sour note on things. But other than that, you know, everything was great. We kind of saw Grisham, you know, kind of single-handedly win us the game. You could say it was the rain, but I would just prefer Grisham because that's a better story. The pitching was, for the most part, good. Uh, Snell kind of went down, and the bullpen came back, and it was like, hey, you know what? We got this game. Don't you worry about it, though it's kind of concerning because – we have already have an overtaxed bullpen and having those days and having Lamette also get hurt just kind of, you know, throws dampers on things and make you question what are we going to do for the rest of the season? But otherwise, love the series. It was a great series win other than last night. Yeah, nothing to complain about. Uh, Joe Musgrove had another, I wouldn't, I mean, it was kind of a tough outing for him through a lot of pitches, but he got the win for it. And, you know, he kind of deserves that win because he's had some really good outings where he's taken the loss or had a no decision. So, you know, he kind of deserves to have that one, you know, I threw, I didn't throw very well, but I got the W for it. He deserves that. Um, you know, overall, very good hitting from this team. Uh, you know, everybody's bat stayed hot. Tommy Pham is still on an absolute tear. And I, I completely understand why Chase was a little upset that uh, he sat. I was too. Um I understand everybody needs their maintenance day or their rest day. And he came off the bench and he had an amazing, one of the best at-bats I've seen this season. Nine pitch at-bat, lots of foul balls. He really fought hard and he was able to get one back up the middle, you know, poke, poke it up the middle, bring in two RBI, bring in two runs, sorry. And uh, just had a really productive at-bat. Um, and obviously having Profar out there and Chase brought up that for, for every good play Jerickson makes, there is so, a bad play somewhere in there. And I think there was a perfect example of that yesterday. It makes a really good play down the line on a, I, I forgot who hit it, but it was a really good play down the line that he chased down and got a good jump and everything. And then he comes in the ninth inning kind of, unfortunately cost us the game. Uh, it, it's hard to place the blame all on one person, but that would have been the last out 
you know, that would have been the second out of the inning, which would have led to the last out of the inning. And the Padres don't really lose in extra innings, which I, I think we would have won that game for sure. Would have ended up sweeping the Reds, but Padres are still one of the hottest teams in baseball right now. Nothing to complain about. Still going to go into this next series, fully expecting some wins and for the bats to stay hot. Yeah. I like that you brought up how hot the bats have been. And also one of, I would say maybe one of the early issues with this team was they weren't hitting for that much power. You're starting to see the power come to, come alive, not just in home runs either. A lot of gaps. Uh, like I said, profile two doubles. You saw fam get a couple extra base hits this series. Like you saw a lot of guys really bringing the power at Grisham amazing game on Wednesday. Um, I don't know if you saw, but someone tweeted out like, wow, this game's about to end. Grisham needs to come up clutch. And then like the next pitch, he hit a grand slam. So the tweet blew up. It was pretty funny. But Grisham being in there, and we know he's a streaky hitter, but when he's on, good luck beating the Padres because that dude can absolutely carry. Uh, We also talk about that with Will Myers a little bit. And he's been struggling, but Will Myers is still playing how he usually plays. Um, Had a home run in the Tuesday game. Uh, Tatis did as well. Uh, Tatis and Manny, I mean, not like on, like super on right now, but the other other guys have been able to step up. Uh, Cronenworth didn't have, he had a rough game on Tuesday, left 10 guys on base. Uh, but on Tuesday, they were still still able to get the win. They had a lot of hits. Um, looking into Thursday, though, I think you're starting to see the, the bullpens getting a little bit tired. They allow, The Padres as a team allowed 15 hits on Thursday. That would probably be the biggest area of concern. Um, the bullpen was pretty good overall in high leverage spots. And like you said, Melanson, he kind of, I mean, I think he kind of got let down in that just by the profile drop. And I, I know he's been struggling lately, but it's tough to give him, like, to look at that and give him, like, put all the blame on him. So I didn't like that. But overall, bullpen is really overtaxed. Tuesday, they were able to come up really big with a win. I think that it's it's just, they're in one of those spots. Um, oh, also, I want to bring up uh, Musgrove. He came out, struggled in the first inning, and that was a day where there was so much pressure on him to go a long time, and he settled down and did that. That was really big for this team. So got to shout out Joe Musgrove. Dude has been amazing this year, and he struggled in that first inning. The Padres were able to come back on a day where apparently everyone in baseball has just had no issues with being down four, seven runs because a bunch of teams came back. Uh, the Brewers came back down 7-0. Padres came back down 4-0. And the Angels came back down 7-0. So that was a crazy day for baseball. But overall, the bats and this whole team is getting really, really fun right now. So it's a great time to be rooting for the Padres. They're getting hot. Uh, I was on a, what was it, two segments ago? Or two, sorry, two recordings ago. And I brought up that I think that the Padres have a chance to be in first by the All-Star break. They're two and a half back right now from the Giants. And the Giants have lost four in a row. Uh, tough game today against the Phillies. But I think that this is they're starting to get hot and they're getting hot at the perfect time. So hopefully they they get to this uh, Nationals Rockies homestand and just start dominating because I really think they have a chance to come out in first. But anything else you want to add to this series, Chase? No, I just think I had uh, Grisham as my series MVP. He may have not been that, but hey, you know what? He won us a game single handedly. You can never go wrong with that. And you know, hopefully. He continues to grow and be this, you know, top 10 war player that we all see. And hopefully he starts getting recognition around the league because, you know, he is probably one of the top center fielders in the league and he's not talked about. Yeah, I remember I was thinking about going with Will Myers. Uh, good thing I swerved away from that. I went with Tommy Pham. Uh, Tommy Pham had a great series. I don't know if he was – I don't know who, who – did anyone perform better? I don't know if anyone performed better than him, but he was he – was, he was outstanding this series. Um, 
just just a really good series from this team, even though we did end up losing one. You know, you are going to lose a couple games like that. The Potters have been stellar. when it, Every time they go into the lead with the ninth, it's very rare that they end up losing. So, you know, that's going to happen throughout the season. Um, the Giants are starting to look like they're going to be on a skid here soon. I think everyone should have expected it. I don't think they're an amazing team. I think they'll be I think they'll be hanging in there throughout the season. But I, I do overall think the Padres and the Dodgers are a much better team than they are. So, yeah, that's all I got. All right, awesome. Yeah, so this was – I mean, this is the last time the Padres will play the Reds. Unfortunate, almost ended the season on that 7-0 uh, against the Reds, but it wasn't the case. Uh, unfortunate on that Thursday game. But overall, I still think this is a – Padres are playing great baseball. Uh, was it nine out of their last ten? I think they've won. Um, and if not, it's eight out of two, and they've or eight eight and two in their last ten. So they've they've been really really good, um, and hopefully they just keep carrying this momentum into Philadelphia and then back on the homestand. But I think that's going to do it for today's segment. All right, everybody. So we're going to move on to I guess our Tommy Fam apology. Uh, we we were really frustrated with Fam early on. I think there was a lot of Padre fans that were, but us especially, we got to bring give this dude some credit because he has absolutely turned around his season. Uh, I tweeted last night on our Twitter. Basically, I don't think I've ever seen a guy just flip the switch like like Tommy Pham has this year. Um, last night, we saw an amazing nine-pitch at-bat that led to a two-RBI two single. Um, but the dude has been on a tear. Chase, do you want to just get into how great he's been recently? So, yeah, within his last 30 games, he's hitting 340 with a 434 on-base percentage and a 583 slugging percentage which is a nine, over a 900 OPS. Like when we were looking at this at the beginning of the season, he was barely hitting 200. He's worked his way back up to 267. His last seven games have been unbelievable. He's hitting over 400, has over 500 on base percentage and over an 800 slugging percentage, which is the elite of elite of all standards. Like he's been on one of the best runs in, baseball that I've seen it's crazy his power is coming alive he's getting on base he's getting RBIs he's coming up clutch when he needs to his defense has really been solidified I mean we were I, I will admit I was one of the biggest Tommy Pham disbelievers when at the beginning of the league and he's turned it around I'm thoroughly impressed he's done everything right he's earned his spot on the team and you know what now we're now we can probably say, you know what? We're not really looking for a left fielder. We're just looking someone to platoon in right. Yeah, uh, we made a video not that long ago. Um, I think it was titled, Who Needs to Be the Biggest? Who Needs to Improve the Most in Order for the Padres to Have a Successful Season? Tommy Pham was one of the names mentioned in that video. And as you see, over the last month, um, Tommy Pham has been on a tear. And unsurprisingly, the Padres have been one of the hottest teams in baseball because He's getting on really. He's getting on in that leadoff spot consistently, and he's he's being put in a position where Fernando can bring him in, Jake can bring him in, Manny can bring him in, and that, that it's been a winning formula for the Padres. At his lowest point this season, he was batting 121. At the end of April, he was batting 179. Now he's you know end of June, beginning of July, batting two what like 267, 270, and you know that's that's a huge drastic improvement for Tommy Pham. Unfortunately, in baseball, I've realized for some reason, uh, this is just my opinion, it's a lot harder to bring your average up than for it to go down. And it, it frustrates me a lot when I used to play. Um, but 
Tom Fan has been on an absolute tear. He's even playing some really good defense right now, running the bases really well, but especially at the play, the guy's producing some really good at-bats, getting on a lot, seeing a lot of pitches, getting his pitch, and he's driving it right now, um, hitting for a lot of power. He talks about how much he wants to hit those home runs in his interviews. Well, he's starting to do it now, and if it's not home runs, he's starting to hit for power at least. So, you know, I think we're not the only ones that owe Tommy Pham uh, an apology. You know, a lot of people were – or bashing him, especially me. I didn't, uh, you know, Chase Bright appeals one of the biggest Tommy Fam haters. So was I for sure. Um, you know, there's just a lot of things happened to him over, you know, the stabbing incident and everything was happening. It was really unfortunate for Tommy Fam, but really good to see a turnaround for him. I love to see it, and I'm quickly turning. If you're good, I'm a fan of yours. So I'm being becoming a fan of Tommy Fam. Yeah, and we were talking about too, like there was some things in the outfield where there was just some weird plays where guys were running into each other. And it seemed like fam was always in that mix too. Haven't seen that lately. Um, and kind of talking about what role Tommy fam has played. It is the exact role that the Padres were really desperate for. And, and that's a leadoff hitter that can get on for Tatis, Manny, um, you know, all, all these guys later in the lineup. Uh, Grisham had, has sometimes been that guy, but I, personally i prefer grisham at like five i think that's a great spot for him because he can just go on a tear at the five spot and i think it helps the team so much but fam has pretty much cemented himself as a consistent one or two hitter in this lineup and there's a reason for it if you go check out his baseball seven page he's at 98 percentile and chase rate and 97 percentile in walking and like that's that's incredible especially when you consider how he was struggling early on in the year uh, his barrel rate, seventy-eight percent. Like he's he's hitting the ball so so much better than he was early on in the year. Um, and then it, also, if you look at his spray chart, it's all over the field. He goes opposite field quite a lot. Um, and I remember this was early on in the year, and, and we were still real, pretty frustrated with Fam, but he was regarded. And I want to say this was maybe like two months ago. He was the most unlucky player in terms of his hard hit percentage compared to his average and or compared to his slugging. Sorry, but he's turning it around. He's been a lot better in the outfield too. I, I think just overall um, Tommy Pham has been a huge piece of this team and where we were kind of talking about replacing him. Now the discussion is almost is Pham going to get extended because you look at the corner outfield spot. He's by far the best option there. Um, you know, him and Will Myers are the two guys, but they need that outfield depth, but in terms of left field, Fam is clearly the everyday left fielder now, and he is a core part of this this 2021 team. And at this point, I'm kind of getting on the maybe Tommy Fam needs to be extended because he is providing something that I don't think because like Tatis, yes, he can be a leadoff hitter, but you want Tatis hitting two and three and bringing those guys in because he hits so many bombs. Well, if you have Fam at one, first of all, the way that he doesn't chase and the way that he's just ultra productive and just makes the pitchers throw a lot of pitches. He's perfect to lead off. And so we've seen him have a lot of leadoff home runs as well, but he really applies the pressure right from the, from the first pitch for the opposing pitcher. So I'm all in, I I'm excited. I, this is something, and we've talked about it before. If we're saying, Hey, we don't believe in this guy and he turns around, that's what we want to see happen. So props to Tommy fam for absolutely turning this year around. Um, also another thing, I think a lot of people were kind of questioning how he is as a person. He gets, he gets a little frustrated. He gets visibly frustrated at people. Um, but he's also been a guy that's been really cool to a lot of the Padres, like fans that are kids. Um, I don't know if you guys saw, there was a video of him the other day where this kid wanted a signature and he pulled over, like in the, he was in his car. He pulled over to the side of the road and talked to the kid for like a few minutes. Like, so he's been a really cool guy. 
Um, so got to shout him out for that as well. But fully on the on the Tommy Fam fan uh, the train, I guess now because I, I uh, he's he's really come around. I think for all of us. But Chase Isaac, anything else you guys want to kind of add on on this topic? Yeah, uh, there was just one more thing. He gets on base a lot, and last year he was, I think he led the team in steals and having that just guy get on base a lot and you know putting himself in scoring position for the other batters down the lineup and just having a team that can thrive in stolen bases and putting themselves in scoring positions for other batters having that like one through five because we all know that well depending on who the five hitter is because obviously Hosmer's not stealing any bases he's probably the slowest man on the team outside of catchers having a one through four that can get into scoring position anytime that they want is huge for the team and having Tommy Fan leading it off and putting pressure on the pitcher. Like, okay, I can't just throw off speed because if I throw one away, this guy's going to end up on third. It decreases the pressure on the hitters. It does so much more with Tommy Fan playing the way that he is right now. Yeah, I'd love to see it from Tommy Fan. Uh, quickly become a fan of his. You know, he's he is a good person. He has had some incidents outside of the ballpark, but um, it's just unfortunate for him. And when people are heckling him about that whole incident and heckling him, calling him names or cussing at him. What do you expect him to do? You know, it's just, he, he's just producing really well right now. Let's see it uh, real quick. Not, not very fast. Uh, I just want to talk about with fam, this hot, what is you guys' favorite lineup? No explanation needed. Mine would be, and you can mix match a couple of these guys. For me, it'd be Tommy fam, Jake Cronenworth, Fernando Tatis, Manny, Grisham, Myers, Hosmer, catcher pitcher i would do the same thing the only thing is i'd flip tatis and Cron or yeah tatis and chronoworth so i'd rather have chronoworth at three and then tatis at two but outside of that i think i'd do the exact same i would go fam grish chronoworth tatis machado myers haas pitcher then catcher i forgot you're a big fan of hitting the the pitcher eight but yeah, all right. Well, I think that's going to do it for today's episode. Just wanted to talk about Tommy Pham because he 100% deserves it, um, and hopefully he just keeps tearing it up. I, I think that he could be a guy that has an, an over an 800 OPS at the end of the year, hits 280, gets on base at a very high clip. Um, but, I mean, right now he's at, what, 821 OPS? Dude has been a monster. So props to Tommy Pham. Been on an absolute tear. I, I hope we see him playing like this, especially come October. So really excited for just his – you know, he, he found himself in San Diego, which I, it, it looked pretty brutal early on, but congratulations for him for just completely blowing out right now. So we're going to be talking about a guy that has been rumored to the Padres quite a bit, Joey Gallo. And Chase, you kind of have some of his numbers up just to briefly go over before we start discussing his potential fit in San Diego. Do you want to go over those really quickly? Yeah, so he is currently leading the league in walks with 63, and he is eighth in on-base percentage with is 396. He's almost getting on base 40% of the time, and he's walking at an insane clip. Sure, he may strike out a lot. We all know that Joey Gallo is a strikeout artist, but he provides some serious pop to the vat. He runs like crazy in the outfield. He has an arm. He plays solid defense. You know, he could be the missing piece to propel this offense up to the next point and even then if somebody needs an off day i'm pretty sure he can play all three outfield positions including center because he does have some wheels for his size and he has a really strong arm 
Yeah, Joey Gallo's got some massive pop. He's hitting 239 right now, but that kind of doesn't really speak volumes to how good, how much he's been getting on base, like Chase said, getting on almost uh, 40% of the time. And that would be really helpful for this team right now, especially considering there are sometimes droughts where the Padres have tough times even getting guys on base. And having someone consistently in the lineup, you know, just that presence uh, to be able to get on base almost 40% of the time is huge. I don't know where you would bat him either, you know, before Tatis would be most optimal because you want him to bring, to bring in those runs. Um, but right now, Joey Gallo has 20 home runs. He's hit home runs in five straight games recently. Um, 46 RBI, six stolen bases, and 894 OPS. So he's putting up some really good stats other than his average. But other than that, he's he'd be a really valuable piece. I don't know what it would take to get him. But, you know, Joey Gallo has been on – it feels like the Padres radar off for a little while now just because of A.J. Peller's connection to the Rangers – um, so he's been on fans' radar for a while. It seems like he's probably been on Prelly's radar for a while, too. And, uh, you know, finally things are starting to come to fruition. The Rangers aren't a very good baseball team. We are a very good baseball team. And uh, Joey Gallo would be huge for us considering, you know, Eric Hosmer's a liability. Um, we don't know what Eric what would happen with Will Myers and Eric Hosmer. We talked about maybe, um, you know, Will Myers plays first sometimes or, you know, Eric Hosmer comes off the bench against lefties. We don't know. But there's no denying Joey Gallo would be a huge acquisition for this team. So you brought up where he would hit. I think he would, and I've heard some people say he might be a leadoff hitter. I think he's a great guy to put two and then have Tatis three, Manny four, Grisham five. I think that is, I think that's an amazing one through five. I think that might be the maybe the best one through five in the league, especially when you consider how great FAM's been the last month. And we talked about that yesterday. But I think Gallo, like a lot of people don't like him because he strikes out a lot. And yeah, that's a frustrating thing, but that's also kind of what baseball's got to at this point. Guys are swinging for, you know, higher launch, like better launch angles, um, trying to just hit bombs and walk. That's, that's really Gallo's game. Hit bombs, walk, be a tremendous athlete. So if you bring him to hit two, I think that two through, I mean, two, three, four, if you have him, then Tatis, then Manny, if you're an opposing pitcher, you can't hang anything. If you hang something, that's a run. Every time you go through the two, three, four spot. And yes, Gallo strikes out a lot. But if he's walking and almost getting on base at a 40% clip, that means he's also seeing a lot of pitches. So the, I think the Padres, right now, in my opinion, their biggest, like what they've struggled the most with in terms of hitting is getting runs early and getting starters out of the game quickly. Because we've seen a lot of guys where it's just an average starter and he goes out and tosses six scoreless innings. That's going to be really, really scary if that's still the case come playoff time. I think that move, having a move for Gallo might be the best way to fix that. And I also would say I think that Gallo's probably going to be a little bit more expensive than everyone thinks he'd be. I think that uh, one guy I've definitely heard a lot about getting moves is probably Luis Campensano. Uh, we've also heard a lot of noise on Ryan Weathers. Um, and I don't know if that's, you know, that's the, like those guys are the move, but I've heard some stuff on them. Uh, you also have other guys that are like maybe lower prospects like Tukapita. Um, I think it would cost a lot to, to make, make a move for him. And I think that's where people kind of, it, they're struggling to like kind of grasp that. I think of like, is it worth it to trade all that for a guy that strikes out maybe one of the, the most in the leagues? But I think that's really not being fair to what he brings to the table. Like, yes, he's going to strike out a lot, but if he's hitting at the beginning of the lineup, if he's striking out, that means he's seeing a lot of pitches. And if he's getting on base and hitting bombs from the two spot, 
that's exactly what you want from that spot, in my opinion. So that's kind of where I'm at on him. But Chase, do you, what's your just overall thoughts? Do you think that it would cost too much? Do you think it's worth it? Where are you kind of at? Cause I know that we don't, I know that that's not all of our like favorite move, but I personally like it. And I think it'd be a really a, a good move. He wouldn't be my number one trade target, but he would be at least top five. Like he does what he does really well. He gets on base at a high clip. He walks a lot. And when he hits the ball, he hits it hard. He either hits it for a double, he can hit it for a triple. And if not, you know, it's going way out of the park. So he does see a lot of pitches and that does help the lineup. Like I mentioned in an early episode, the more pitches that pitcher has to throw you get out of the games earlier you get to the bullpen earlier and the chances are more bullpen arms you see one of them's not going to be a it's not going to have a good day and being able to have people on and be able to run the base because joey gallo can steal bases if you don't watch him he hits really hard and he can run really fast and has a really good arm that's basically all you need to know about him he can steal bases, and I like what I would like having him one or actually at the three spot. I'd go Fam, Grish, Gallo, Tatis, Machado because I I really like Tatis in that cleanup spot. We saw what he does in the cleanup spot; it's tremendous. And just putting guys on for him just elevates his game even more, and probably he will drive in more guys than the rest of the league could even imagine. So the problem that I have, or kind of wrapping my head around it is is Campusano and Weathers really worth the price for Gallo? That's the problem I have grasping because I think that is a little too expensive for that guy. I'd rather go with a cheaper option like Starling Marte because then you could package him with the deal with Sandy Alcantara who currently has the most innings pitched in the league last time I checked. And he's sitting around like a three ERA, which is really good. And if you could package that and get Weathers and Campusano up, because Alcantara's got a few years on his deal. Marte is a little bit older, but he's a little faster, plays all three positions a little bit more well, has a better batting average, and probably gets on base just as much. I would rather go that deal than just getting Gallo. Fully on board with that, Chase. Um, you know, I, I'd probably have Gallo hitting second and I probably move Cronenworth down the lineup, which is not a, it's not a knock on Cronenworth. It's just a matter of, I've brought it up in that all-star video. He can hit anywhere in the lineup and he's going to be productive, um, which is really good to see, you know? So if, if we do acquire Gallo, I'd like to see him either batting second, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't put him anywhere other than second or seventh, just because it, you know, if he, if he's at the bottom of the lineup, you know, it, it's always really nice to have someone at the bottom of the lineup that can always get on and, um, you know, maybe for that DH. Mentioning a DH, uh, I just want to say real quick, Jorge Mateo. Oh my God, that guy needs to get off the team. Um, I saw him after the Dodger game I went to, and I was like, oh, hey, look, it's Jorge Mateo. And it was pretty cool, but I'm just, I just don't really like Jorge Mateo. But back onto the topic. Um, I'd love to have Sandy, Sandy Alcantara um, and, uh, and Starling Marte. I think that would be a really good acquisition. I'm not in favor of giving up Brian Weathers if that's what it takes to get Joey Gallo just because I hate that he's probably going to strike out over 40% of the time, even though he does do everything else really well. I'm not in favor of seeing a bases loaded situation where he strikes out. And it's going to happen, but 40% of the time I'm not on board with. Um, however, he is getting on another 40% of the time, which is great. So here's a quick question. Say that they do trade – 
a lot for Gallo and you know it costs a lot maybe it, it is Weathers and, and Campier I, I don't, and I don't know if that's the case also the reason we've been bringing up Weathers so much is because there's been a lot of like smoke around his name and him potentially getting moved um we also all really like Ryan Weathers so we're not just like oh let's get Weathers out of here that's not our intentions when we talk about him that's just kind of the guys that we think are going to get moved um and and yes Weathers is looks like he's going to be a tremendous player for quite some time that's what it costs a lot of times to trade for guys at the deadline. And right now it seems like the Padres, the biggest thing that they're trying to acquire are depth or a starting outfielder or a starting pitcher. <clears throat> so that's going to cost a lot. Um, but I don't know. I think, I think that like you, they, the two things they need are it's going to be an outfielder and it's going to be a starter. So if you're trading both those guys for Gallo, I think that it's a, it's a risky move a hundred percent. But the only thing I would add is what if they're trying to move for Gallo and they're not picturing him being the guy he is right now? Like they think, cause we've seen Preller do this with a lot of other guys where he's like, Oh, I can, you know, there's this little problem with his swing or whatever it is. And if we change that, it's going to reduce this. If they're making a move for Gallo and, and we'll take it right when they do, it's going to be, okay, this is Gallo. This is what he's been. But maybe they think that there's some, there's some reason that he's striking out so much. And I'm not saying this is hundred percent the case, but if it is, I would say it's worth it in that case. Um, but like, he's got to be a star. So that would be my only thing. Um, Cause we've seen that Preller is an amazing baseball scout and sometimes it's little things that we don't notice. So I think that if that's, if that's the reasoning behind the trade, I think that makes a lot more sense, but I agree, Isaac uh, striking out 40% of the time is a little bit scary. So it, it it's, it's tough. So, I mean, that's kind of where I'm at, but anything else you guys want to add on these potential trades? And, and specifically Gallo? Uh, I'll go first real quick. The only problem I have with what you're saying is that Gallo's been in the league for a few years, or more than a few years, and everybody was saying that when he first came into the league. His first, le his first game in the league, he hit a home run, then he hit a triple, then he hit a double. He, I think he was a single away from the cycle, and he couldn't get to it. And everybody thought, oh, my God, what is this guy capable of? And then the next few years, everybody kind of figured out that it was home run or bust. And now I think the last couple of years, he's starting to get on base more. It's, he's still not maybe hitting as much, but he's getting on base more. But to strike out as much as he does and to give up as much as that they want for him, it's the part that I have a trouble. I have a problem with just when you want a guy that gets on base a lot, you don't want them to strike out a lot because then it's just like, okay, cool. This guy's either going to get on base. He's going to get a home run or you know what? He's walking or he's going to strike out. And like Isaac said, there's a bases loaded situation. He's either going to walk or strike out. There's not going to be much middle ground in between that. And I have a problem. Wait, 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 wait. You're talking about where he's getting traded to. That's no, when he's hitting the home run, man. <laughs> And plus, I just think Preller and the Rangers, he needs to get over it. And it's like it's like that X that he has to keep going back to. It's 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 just not good for the Padres. It's it's toxic. You need to cut it off. Like you need to start moving around and be like, okay, there are better pieces around the league that if this team falls, there's the Jesse Winkers, Nick Castellanos, the Starling Martes. If the Nationals fall, Kyle Schwarber, there are better people than Joey Gallo to go and trade for. Yeah, it's going to be really hard to get him. My favorite target is Jesse Winker by like a long shot, um, even though I know it's going to take a lot to get him. I love Jesse Winker on this team. Um, but regarding Joey Gallo, 
not the biggest fan of his. I, I would like him on this team, though. He'd be a great acquisition for sure. Um, you know, but if it, I'm okay with Emilio Camposano just because, you know, Caratini is in a good spot. With, he has to be here with you, Darvish. And then Nola is always going to be, you know, a really good hitting catcher. And he's, he's very versatile. Um, and we'll, we'll always be able to replace him. You know, there's catches within the system that are very good. And there's going to be more catches within the system that are going to be good as well. So I'm, I'm okay with giving Camposano. Weathers is a little different. Uh, if we're moving Weathers, it's got to be for a starting pitcher that's going to be, you know, a star or, or Jesse Winker, who's going to be a star for us as well. Um, that's my only opinions on it, though. Yeah, I know. It, it's definitely a controversial guy. I mean, Joey Gallows, a, a lot of people love him and a lot of people hate him. So I, I think that'll probably do it for today's episode, though. I, I really wonder if this trade get, does get worked out because – that's the, the guy I've seen the Padres link to most. Um, there, there was some Winker smoke. Uh, we talked about Scherzer a bunch. I think that was more us just kind of getting excited to potentially add him. Um, and a lot of people didn't like the deal where we talked about moving Weathers for him. Totally understand that as well. And like we said, we like Ryan Weathers a lot, but I, I just think that that's a guy that it seems like they've been at least hearing offers on him. And and same thing goes for Luis Camposano, I feel like. Um, and maybe that's just Twitter. Maybe Twitter just doesn't like Weathers or Camposano, but that's just kind of where I, what I've seen. Um, and I, I really wonder if Joey Gallo does get moved and, and what the price tag is, because I think that's the big issue. It's not, would Gallo be a good addition? I, I think, yes, he would be a good addition, but at what cost? And that's what's kind of scary. Um, and, and also, Chase, I, th I think you're, you're, it was a good thing to bring up that he's been in the league for a long time. Mine was My thought was only like, maybe there's just one thing, and Preller's just – watching Gallo every night, just freaking out. Like if he just changes this, imagine. So I don't know if that's the case, but if it is, and they think Gallo's a star, I say, you know, if, if the, if the price is right, move for, make a move for him. But I also think Starling Marte as an outfield piece is a great option. And, and there's a lot of guys. I know a lot of people want to talk about Cattell Marte. I don't know how the Diamondbacks to trade him in the division. Dude's a monster. Um, I think that's very unlikely, but uh, also, Another guy that we heard so, so, that a listener brought up, Aaron Judge, Chase and Isaac, you guys were not fans of that. Um, but it's it's going to be interesting because I do think that there's going to be a big move to the deadline. Um, maybe it's Joey Gallo, maybe it's not. But anyone listening, comment who you think they should go after and maybe just comment some potential deals because I always love hearing different deals around the deadline. Um, that's what Twitter's been blowing up with. So I think that's going to do it for today's episode, though. And thanks, everyone, for listening.